Yeah, are you on? I'm here, man. Okay, good deal. Yeah, so this is our, uh, we're going to do just a Twitter space this week. Um, uh, instead of our, our usual, um, you know, recorded uh, episode. So yeah, we're just going to go over, I guess, the last weekend, or last week of baseball, and then I guess get into uh, Alabama and James Madison a little bit. Yep. Uh, but yeah, just coming off of a, uh, a big win, uh, a big, you know, splitting that doubleheader, but taking the series two out of three, you know, a crucial uh, weekend series. And uh, yeah, the bats got a little bit uh, yep. going a little bit today. Um, and also on uh, on Tuesday, um, and you know we'll, we'll talk about that. And, you know, talk about Matt Adams that kind of thing. But yeah, what was your just I guess first take uh, after this weekend of games? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, first of all, I think Tanner Hall was obviously the story on Thursday. It seems like a long time ago, but yeah, I mean when he's when he's on and he's as we've talked about, he's really been on this last month. And that just that gives you such a head start on the weekend that you need because of the way that both the offense and the the pitching behind him has been. And we'll, we'll talk about, you know, losing Matt Adams a little early, but to, to get a complete game out of him, that really just sets you up really, really well, especially against a great offense like old dominion. So that set the tone. And then it was just uh just kind of a get it done type day today. You didn't, you didn't quite get it done that first game. But I honestly, and I told somebody this, I, I was not all that upset about how that first game went today because, right, you know, it's an early early game, cold, rainy weather, and then you lose your starting pitcher. What was that in the second inning, Pat? I, I wasn't – I think second inning, yeah. Second yeah, second like inning. One and so, a third, one and two thirds. So real early. And that's uh, – I think – I don't think the, the coaching staff was conceding, but I think they – it was more of an approach of okay, let's let's get through this, and if we're going to win this game, it's going to be the offense. You threw some guys. Chandler Dawson, I think, was the first guy out of the pen, and then who was it? Colby Allen um, kind of yes. just pieced it together the rest the rest of the way. But I feel like that that's a game you could have easily lost by. You could have just fallen apart and really lost that badly. But to even have a shot there at the end, obviously disappointing. You didn't get that last base hit to tie the game. But it, man, you got you got the big swing to get you back into it. Dustin Dickerson with the bases loaded. I think we're seeing more and more of an improved approach at the plate, especially in important spots. I think we're being aggressive early in counts, and I think that's just we've seen the fruits of that overall improvement. Um, and I think that was a great example of that, even though you didn't come through. And then today, I think you know you obviously the bats were alive. You just kind of held on there at the end. It was a little ugly, but. Hey, got it done two out of three against a good ball club on the road. I think you'll take that every day of the week. Yeah, and now, I mean, just kind of looking at the overall picture, um, now that you know, 28 in RPI, 7 and 5 in the conference, and, you know, you've gotten through most. I mean, you still have Coastal, you still have ULL, but for the most part, you've gotten yeah. through the tough part of the uh, schedule. So you set up really well for 29 in RPI now, set up really well uh, for an at-large now. And, yeah, I mean, I guess the uh, the big thing today, Billy Oldham pitched well. I mean, I, I guess he got into trouble yeah. there uh, later in the game. So his final line would have been, um, let's see, uh, final line on Oldham was um, six and a yeah, third, six right? six and a third, gave up four runs, uh, or four earned runs, five uh, total, uh, seven hits, uh, three walks, uh, struck out seven. 
So a pretty good start for yep. him. I mean, not uh, you want to say it was right, but it was certainly good enough to where he was uh, able to go deep in the game and save that bullpen. And you know, he was at a point where he, I mean, he had a big lead. It was nine to two, and um, yeah. you know, they cut into that a little bit late. Um, yeah, but I mean, I guess offensively, you would talk about uh, kind of Monastere coming on in this game and kind of how that and, yeah. how that plays in. But yeah, I mean, yeah, this was his first ever. I think this was the first time he ever swung a bat in Division One baseball. And uh, he right. goes two for four, and he drives in three runs. Uh, so it was – I mean, he really added a spark there. And I don't know if that's going to be permanent or not. I mean, it almost kind of feels – I mean, not quite the same. But, you know, you go back to 2017 where Matt Gidry hit a grand slam against Rice to take the lead, and that kind of put him in the lineup uh, for the remainder of the year. And I don't know if that's going to be a similar thing where this could be maybe be Monastere's, uh, you know, breakout performance that puts him in – uh, the lineup for good. I don't know. I and mean, you also talk about him, uh, you know, pitching, uh, which you know kind of complicates that a little bit. And he came in and pitched in that uh, first game of the doubleheader. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the thing that that caught my eye. Um, out of the uh, out of this weekend was just the monastery. I mean, I wasn't even sure earlier in the week. Uh, I was texting uh, with someone, and we were just kind of talking about like it wasn't. We weren't even sure the monastery was going to be a factor offensively in his career, or just maybe just a pitcher only. But I yeah. uh, just I guess talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, I think it's it, it's just been a case of trying to find somebody to give you consistency there. And obviously one game, you know, it's small sample size. But for him to come in there in his, his first four, I guess, five collegiate ABs and go two for four or three RBI. And that last – he put a good swing on that last um, that last ground ball he hit. Third baseman made a nice play on it with the bases loaded. I thought he was – he looked com- comfortable up there, competitive at the plate. And – not that you haven't had that from Robertson, who, who's been the main guy there, but I mean, especially in conference play, Robertson's really struggled. I mean, I, I think he's overall uh, – I don't have it pulled out. I think right at the Mendoza line, at, right at 200 for the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah coming, in, coming in today in conference play, he was 349 OPS. So, Yeah. Okay. Okay, I actually do have – so, yeah, in terms of batting average, yeah. 111 in conference play. He's still at 349. Oh, I guess I haven't updated. Right. But, yeah, yeah. Um, just some some kind of offensive production there at second base. I mean, the question has not been defensively for Gabe Lacey or Craig Robertson. And Monaster made a couple of nice plays there defensively too. And so I, I would imagine he probably gets the start there in Tuscaloosa on Tuesday because um, you need consistency there. That really – I mean, I think you saw today how big of a boost that gives the lineup to have – I mean, just one more piece that's producing and also just the, the nine-hole hitter – being competitive at the plate and putting the ball in play is the main thing. I mean, he struck out once, but, you know, reached base three times and, again, three RBI and drew a walk, and they were good ABs too. Um, so I, I think that that could be a big deal for your lineup. Um, I mean, it's worth mentioning Slade Wilkes goes out of the game. I didn't hear anything further yeah, so on just that. Start, but, or Abbott, he just had an update on that. Um, Oh yeah, oh, you're saying on okay. the post game, Wilkes is fine after getting hit, hit in the hand. That's what Barry said on the post game. But he also said Adams has some kind of shoulder issue. We'll see the doctor on Monday, so they don't know um, anything okay. on that. But yeah, okay. Abbey and Abbey's in here. Andrew, feel free to jump in if you have anything to add, um, or anybody else too, as always. But yeah, I, I think just overall, I, I mean, as we talked about last week, I mean, hitting is contagious. I think you we've seen the. The, the change in approach, I think, has more come with just a, a general improvement 
in confidence, and that that comes with guys like Slade Wilkes and Dustin Dickerson, who've obviously led the way and been consistently productive, even when the rest of the offense hasn't. They're kind of pulling it along, and I think everybody's starting to catch up a little bit, um, which is a big deal, especially late in series when, you know, the, with this green bullpen and still some roles to establish, you're going to have some innings like you had today. Even with a 9-2 lead, it doesn't feel all that comfortable because, you know, there's still some guys in there who aren't really con- controlling the strike zone like you would like. Um, and so to have guys who are producing and to have the offense swing it the way that it is, I think you need that in order to feel good about going into the postseason or even before that, establishing that large spot. I think you feel a lot better about that after these last two weekends especially. Yeah, I mean, it feels like this is the kind of weekend where, you know, we talked about where that Troy game might have been a turning point on or on Sunday just because it was you, – know, you, you thought you found your your weekend rotation with Oldham getting in there and, yeah. and he pitched pretty well uh, today. And then I guess you, you kind of talk about, you know, Monastere coming in there and maybe he's your new second base. But, but now that's kind of thrown into – I guess the pitching part is thrown into a little bit of uh, disarray with, uh, with Adams going out. So, I mean, it's just to the point where, I mean, if he – is to miss any kind of time. I mean, it would. I don't know what how they would handle that. I mean, do you bring Maza back in there and put him on Sunday? Move Oldham up. Do you, you know, bring Sibley into the rotation? I mean, no. do you just do some kind of bullpen approach? So, I mean, that's kind of the. Uh, I mean, the question mark. I guess we'll cross that. You know, to, until you know something. We hear something. Um, if he is going to miss any yeah. time, but I mean, yeah, that's the. Uh, I guess the big question because this is rotation. Um, you feel like you have a pretty good rotation that can at least get you through some belt play, um, put together some good starts, but it's just now, I mean, you're, that really yeah. could become a question mark with uh, with Adams going out. So that's just – I think that's what everybody you – know. And I think that's part of why it was such a big deal to get what you got out of Oldham today. And I, and I think you – I don't – let's see if I can pull up his – that was um, – yeah, that was the longest he had gone – I mean, he, he went five, I guess, against UNO and then against Southeastern. But, I, you know, he might not – you might have to kind of bring him along in terms of getting real length out of him. I think you maybe – maybe pushed him out there for one inning longer than you should have. But I, I think that was Ostrander just kind of testing the waters and seeing if you could get seven out of him. But – so, I mean, I think those – out of those five runs he gave up, three of them were in that – Seventh inning, yes. right? Yeah, because he—I guess he left the bases loaded. Yeah, but I mean, if uh, you feel a whole lot worse with Adams hurt, depending on how long he's out, if he is out, um, if Billy Oldham didn't give you a, a relatively quality start today, so I, I think you still feel okay just because of what Billy gave you today. Yeah, and then you had uh, uh, Maza came in there, and we kind of talked about him in that short relief role, and uh, ran into a little bit of ran into mm-hmm. a little bit of trouble, but got out of it, had a nice strikeout. Um, and he was able to close the door. So that just kind of adds – I mean, he was – that would you wouldn't have had that op- option, you know, when he was in the rotation. You know, having the ability where you're running yeah. low on arms uh, and you can bring in a guy with good stuff in there to close the door. Uh, yeah, Sibley came in, uh, pitched uh, uh, an inning, gave up two runs. Neither of those weren't. Uh, Storm pitched um, two-thirds of an inning, gave up an unearned run. Um so yeah, I mean, it's a lot. You know, it's a couple of defensive miscues, and you're—I mean, you're able to catch a break there as Old Dominion running into a, a run there in the bottom of the eighth, where Sergeant couldn't handle that. Uh, that one hopper uh, from—I guess it would have been Lynch—and then, but they're able to throw it to um, uh, get him out at second. 
Uh, but, you know, just talking about this lineup uh, generally, I mean, I think you were talking about the ceiling with the guys like Wilkes producing uh, like he's been. But then yeah. you, you're starting to get – Peyto had a good week. Had two hits to, uh, in the uh, in the second game. Uh, I think he had hit or hits in both games. I think he had one in the first game, two in the second. Uh, but he had the big home run there on, uh, on on Tuesday against Southeastern. So I think you're starting to see him getting it going a little bit. Uh, then you com- combine that. Uh, with Wilkes, I mean, we kind of talked about those were the two guys that needed to have, be kind of that, you know, a thousand OPS type guys to be the game wreckers, and um, you know, maybe yeah. Peyto is kind of inching toward that um, with with his week. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you got yeah. Tate Parker back. He had a big, uh, pretty big week. at two hits today, uh, including driving in three runs. That was great. I mean, that was a great at bat he had earlier. I guess to make it four nothing, where he was a ten pitch at bat. It was about foul off some pitches then. I was able to just kind of yep. loop up a slider on shallow center field for, for a base hit uh, that drove in a run. So I mean, you're starting to get – you're getting healthy there uh, in the lineup, and then you're starting to get guys like, get guys like Peyto kind of coming along. That makes you feel better about the lineup uh, long term. Yeah, no doubt. He's 14 base hits today and 11 runs. I think he'll take that. Um, let's see. Six – so you had six guys with multi-hit games. Um yeah, a little concerned about Edsel. Yeah. He he had um, he had an RBI, brought in a run, but 0 for 5 with 4 Ks in this game. And he is, I mean, coming into today, he was, I think, 760 OPS, somewhere around there, or maybe a little lower than that. Let's see. Oh, 711 OPS. So he might be below 700 now with those four strikeouts and being 0 for 5 today. Um, but you would, he's another guy, and we've been saying this over and over again, so it might not be true, but he's a guy, just what he has done in the past and in the fall and in the summer that you would expect. And he, and he produced early on, too. You would expect him, I think, to come along at some point here, hopefully. And that would, that you know, just be another boost for the offense. Um, so this is definitely not the offense at full strength as, as good as it was in this last game, even scoring 11 runs on 14 base sets. It can be much better. Yeah, I mean that was kind of the you know one of the you know what we talked about last week and then before the uh, before the season where if um, you know this offense was going to take the uh, kind of that big leap and becoming really good and becoming you know maybe a top twenty five unit you know it was going to be a lot of that was going to be on Etzel being you know, like a nine hundred or a thousand OPS type guy kind of like a you know a Matthew Guidry that can. Um, you yeah. know, draw a lot of walks, get on base a lot, but also have a little bit of pop and, you know, can steal bases. And so far, uh, it's, I mean, he's been really good defensively. But I'm mean, we just have not yeah. seen that offensive production uh, like that was, uh, you know, promised uh, before the year. But, you know, who knows? Maybe it's variance and uh, he'll really get uh, hot down the stretch and he'll be, you know, a guy that you really count on. So, I mean, who knows? It'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, well, and you've just again, you've just gotten it done these last two weekends, and that's I guess three straight series that you've won in conference play. But man, on the road, an ugly weather weekend. I think, um, and Pat, I think you just tweeted something out. It's you know, it's it's ugly at times, and there are question marks and weaknesses that are obvious. But I just kind of find a way to get yeah. it done. You know, there. This is a, a veteran group that has won a whole lot of ball games and they they're just finding a way to get it done and get two out of three against good ball clubs and that yeah that's encouraging i think that will continue to carry through in this tough stretch yeah so do we want to get into um alabama and then uh and then james madison yeah 
Yeah, let's do it. So Tuesday night in Tuscaloosa, uh, Bama. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but that's a top twenty-five RPI team, right? I think. Yeah, I think they they were before the weekend. I know they lost one game to State. That might have dropped them out, but they were. Yeah, they're around that top twenty-five. But they're. Uh, let's see if I can. Pull them up. 16 okay. or 16 so, yeah, RPI. Be, I mean, that's a top 21 to 25 uh, RPI game, obviously, which is something that uh, the committee really looks at. But, yeah, I mean, they're 23-9, 4-7 in the SEC, so they're kind of in that bubble range uh, just based on their conference record. But, I mean, they're hitting 968 as a team. Uh, or, sorry, 968 OPS as a team, 320 uh, batting average. But uh, you just kind of look at their offense. Tommy Seidel has an OPS over 1,000. Drew Williamson, uh, Colby Shelton, those are kind of their uh, – uh, they're masters there. Jim Jarvis is a guy, kind of an older player, um, that good bat to ball skills, if I recall. Yeah, Liam Ailey has 14 strikeouts on the year. Um, and then, so pitching wise, uh, they have been, let's we'll see what they've been doing in the midweek games uh, with the pitching. Um, I really haven't, I know they've, uh, I'm trying to think if they played any Sunbelt teams in the, uh, uh, in the midweek. Yeah, so uh, last week they, uh, Jake, yeah, I think it's been Jacob McNary has been their midweek starter. And he was a guy, looks like he started the year in the rotation, uh, has an ERA of 516. Um, just thrown, uh, we'll see, uh, thrown 29 to two-thirds innings. Uh, only walked four, so he's going to fill up the zone, but he's only struck out 25, uh, one four five whip. So, I mean, pretty average numbers. Uh, and if I can pull up um, his um, – just kind of fastball, uh, what kind of pitches he throws. Uh, yeah, but why if you say something while I will try to find this? <laughs> yeah, well, this is, uh, I mean, in terms of the lineup for Alabama, they what was the um, I think he played several different, I think he played first and third, the Denton Zane, kid yeah, transferred yeah, to Tennessee. Yeah. Dane didn't, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> he's really hurt us the last couple of years. Don't have to worry about him. Um, but, man, it's a it's a good ball club that we're really, really playing well in the non-conference. You, mean, you mentioned that record. But I would fully expect them to be a tournament team. And, um, you know, you mentioned they're kind of on the bubble there with that. But with that 16 RPI, I mean, that's it's pretty strong. It's, a, it's a, another chance, like we talked about, uh, I guess, last week against Ole Miss. I mean, it's a, it's a chance to kind of gain some ground back that you lost in those, those bad losses, um, you know, against Valpo and, and a couple of those other ones that you don't necessarily – it's not necessarily a must win, but it would go a long, long way in, in, in bumping that resume up and when you look at it back at the end of the year. And especially going into this weekend or this next weekend – against James Madison, I mean, they'll, you know, they're going to hover around 150 in terms of the RPI. And going into that, I think, again, I mean, this is not groundbreaking analysis, but it would go a long way to carry some of this momentum, both just overall in the locker room and in terms of your postseason resume, be a, be a big deal to get a win. Yeah, here. I mean, it would be a huge RPI boost against the top 25 team on the road. Uh, yeah, so he, this guy is 90-92. Going to throw a slider and a changeup. So I mean, he's not a guy with you know, huge stuff, but I mean, he's decent enough arm again. A guy that started uh, the year in their rotation. So that's who I, I would expect uh, Bama to throw. Uh, Jacob McNary, uh, who's a right-hander. And then uh, getting into James Madison, uh, they're nineteen and twelve, five and five in the league. Remember they had those two games uh, that were canceled. 
at um at uh, Arkansas State. And uh, just kind of looking, I'm trying to pull up their uh, their D1 baseball. Uh, I don't know if they had a fall report or not, but uh, the rotation they're probably going to roll out there: uh, Ryan Murphy, um, Jack Cohn, um, and let's see, and um, uh, maybe Todd Mazoki. Uh, yeah, he, he's got in the rotation. So um, let's see, all three of those guys are uh, are right-handers. Uh, so that's something uh, that you like to see. But, yeah, I mean, just uh, ERA is a team, six ERA is a team, 161 whip. Uh, and then you look at the lineup. Uh, I mean, it's been okay, 841 OPS, uh, hitting 294 as a team. Uh, Finwood uh, Trimble has been their uh, best hitter, uh, 1206 um, um, OPS, hitting 369. He's got nine home runs. They've hit 26 home runs as a team. Oh, uh, so yeah, I mean they're gonna have three righties in the rotation. Uh, the lineup has been a little above average, uh, but you know they kind of played a weaker non-conference. Um, so this is kind of yeah. one of those series, you know, it's sandwiched in between uh, the you know obviously this weekend and then the big series at, at Coastal, which is going to have huge um, impl- implications uh, for the conference race. So this is one um, you want to sweep. I think it's not a, it's a series that, um, you know, they're not, not a terrible team, but they're 150 RPI or 147 RPI. Uh, so this is a team that you have a chance to sweep. And it's one, if, you know, you're just talking about making up ground and, uh, on the conference standings, this is a good opportunity to do that, you know, playing kind of a middle of the pack type team, um, um, at home. Um, you know, you're two games back right now of coastal and ULL. This is again, our series, I uh, feel like you can make up a little bit of ground. Although, I mean, it's not like it's not, they're not, you know, what Arkansas State or ULM either. Um, but it is one that you have an, it's yeah. an opportunity to sweep, I think. Yeah, sweepable for sure. I mean, they're, they're no slouch. I think they're probably a little better than people expected them to be, at least right now, five and five in conference play. And I guess got a, they won two out of three against Georgia State this weekend, didn't they? Let's see. They did, yeah. Yeah. Um, so one, yeah, they won. No, they lost today, but they won. They won those first two and competed well against Coastal a couple yeah. weeks ago, or maybe what was that, early March or something. I mean, they. Yeah, they it was were, like maybe the first series. They yeah. won. Yeah. Okay, that was the first conference series, but they. Yeah, I mean, I got blown out, and then won the second game, and it was a low-scoring game of that third game, but really you know, could have easily won that series. And so this is a, this is a team that can certainly beat you. Um, you know, it'll be nice to be back home and not a tune up series, but one that, yeah, like you're saying would, would um, allow you to continue this momentum and gain some ground. I mean, two games bad doesn't seem like a whole lot, but in the way that Lafayette and coastal Carolina are playing, you know, you, you need to take advantage of these types of series when you can. Yeah, and then just kind of getting more on their um, on their on their arms. I mean, Murphy three six seven ERA, one fifteen WHIP. He's walked twelve, uh, struck out twenty eight, forty one uh, plus innings. And uh, according to D one Baseball's far report, he's a guy. Uh, he's going to be eighty eight to ninety one. Got a top or top out at ninety two, but he can throw four pitches. So he's very much a pitchability guy. Um, and then uh, they don't have any information on their other two starters that they've been rolling out there. Uh, Todd Mazzocchi, but uh, he has a 323 ERA, 143 whip, uh, walked 18, struck out 24. Um, and then uh, Cone, Jack Cone, 
665 ERA, 165 whip, uh, struck out uh, 19, walked 11 to 23 innings. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, a lot of pitchability guys. Donovan Burks, a lefty that is struggled a little bit, but he was one of the higher guys on their on the D1 baseball uh, draft uh, for the Sun Belt. Um, has decent stuff, going to work in the low 90s. Uh, they have five lefties, uh, including T.R. Williams, who's a transfer uh, from Virginia Tech. I think he was kind of a top 500 recruit type guy. Uh, so keep an eye out uh, for him. But, yeah, I mean, they don't have, um, you know, most of their – I mean, all three of the rotation guys and their top relievers um, are right-handers. So I think that's a good matchup. So I think there's some things uh, with this matchup that kind of play to use some favor and you know, kind of ties back into that you know, sweepable uh, aspect we've been talking about. Yeah, and you can certainly hope for better weather next weekend. Yeah. Um, Pat, if Coach Ostrander called you tonight and asked you how to handle pitching this next week on Tuesday and, and this weekend for the rotation, how would you how would you handle it? Yeah, I'm not – I guess you would just – you would kind of do what you – Assuming assuming Matt Adams is not available, I Yeah, guess. so, I mean, I think you, you – well, maybe – I mean, you think about Armistead pitched pretty well at Southeastern. I mean, um, you know, yeah. it wasn't like a super flashy start where he was striking out eight or nine guys, but, I mean, he, he went five in, – or was it five innings or four innings and only gave up, I think, a, that one run uh, possibly. Um, I would have to pull that up. Uh, but I mean, I thought he was uh, decent enough to definitely get another uh, midweek start. Uh, but again, like we talked about with Adams, I mean, if he's not available, I mean, you might have to put Armistead in the rotation. Yeah, and he would. Yeah, four innings, no right. runs. Okay, three yeah, bases, so a walk and three strikeouts. So it's pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, it is. You know, again, we talked about there's not a whole lot of proven guys in the staff, so he may be the best option um, you have. And you know, he wasn't a guy that. Um, we talked about his being a, um, a guy that was going to log a bunch of innings before the year, really. But I mean, he, and, uh, you know, he struggled early on. Uh, I think in that Illinois uh, Friday, he didn't you know, do so well. But I mean, you look at his last two outings, or really, I mean, his last three outings, he hasn't given up a run. Um, his only outing where he yeah. gave up a run was, and he also came in against Ole Miss, and I guess that didn't count. Um, but yeah, I mean, he threw a third of an inning against Dallas Babis, got an out. Went two innings against Georgia Southern. Uh, didn't give up any runs. Only gave up two base runners. And then in the start against Southeastern. Four scoreless things. Only allowed four base runners. Struck out three. So I think I think you would go if, – if Adams is out, and I think even if it's not serious, I bet they would hold him out this weekend just for precautionary reasons. Um, um, yes. I think that would be the best-case scenario. I mean, it could just be a strain, I think, would hopefully be the um, – what you're hoping for, best case. Um but, yeah, I think you go Hall, Oldham, um, Armistead, and then midweek, I mean, yeah, you would just have to roll. I mean, I don't – Monastere, I mean, it would very much be a bullpen game just like this last week was um, against Southeastern. Yeah. Although, you know, like we said, um, Armistead kind of made a little bit less of a bullpen game with him able to cover those four innings. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of – I mean, that, it almost feels like the whole – I mean, not the whole season, but – I mean, your long-term health of your team and your your ceiling is going to be pretty determined on this Adams injury because yeah. he's been um yeah um you know been able to log a bunch of innings and able to go. I mean, he's not been dominant, but he's been pretty consistently given six or seven innings uh, and has uh, proven. I mean, he's held down some good lineups like that Dallas Baptist uh, game where he pitched really well, went those eight innings or or seven innings or whatever it was. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, talk about the, the the rotation being the strength of this team, possibly. You know, Matt Adams has obviously yeah. you know been a big part of that, and, and losing him for any period of time is going to you know really um, really hurt. Um, so I mean, hopefully it's just maybe just a strain or something. You can get him back for that um, that next weekend at Coastal because I feel like you can get by James Madison uh, and still and mm-hmm. still perform well uh, without him. But I mean, that, with that with the way that Coastal lineup is swung to bat, I mean, you really want to have everybody you can out there. So, oh yes, yeah, yeah, three seventy nine ERA, forty in the third. I think coming into the season, I think we'd be pretty happy with that if you read those numbers off. You know, just about halfway through conference play. So, would certainly, certainly hope that he'll be back relatively soon. Um, yeah, in terms of people asking, you know, what if Monastery is the everyday second base, second baseman, what does that mean in terms of pitching? Because it does that hold you back? And, you know, because that, I guess, technically takes away one option in the bullpen. You know, he's been. A little up and down, but I mean, he's only giving you five and two thirds in total pitching, and he was good this weekend as one outing. But I don't know that that really changes that the dynamic a whole lot. Uh, you're just going to have to have to have a guy or two step up in his absence if if he is the everyday second baseman. And there are a few guys who didn't correct me if I'm wrong, Pat. That didn't throw. I don't, I don't think Isaiah right. Rice threw. Uh, I don't think Trey Hand threw. I guess Hand threw in a while. I feel like. Yeah, let's see when the last time he threw was um, threw against threw an inning against okay. Georgia Southern. Yeah, yeah, man, that's a guy you you would like to get yeah. a few more innings out of, a few more quality innings. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, you know we've mentioned that it's probably going to be a little piecemeal in terms of the midweeks for the bullpen and even in the starting spot. It but it's just going to be increasingly so without Matt Adams. So that's a yeah, like you said, that's a big big deal. Uh, depending on how quickly he's able to come back, so we'll we'll certainly keep an eye on that. Yeah, and then just kind of going back to just the I guess the postseason aspects of this, we talked about you know it was important uh, to go three and three against ODU and Coastal. Well, now you've gone the two and one against ODU, so it puts you in a situation where if you lose the Coastal, it isn't a lose two out of three to Coastal isn't a backbreaker. One or one out of two, I mean, obviously you'd be a little disappointed, but it's not gonna kill you, especially with the RPI as Coastal has. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, anything, I mean, if you could take two out of three, that'd just be a bonus where you would have another win over, another series win over an at-large team. And that's, that's another aspect of this series. You know, we talked about that, uh, how Dallas Baptist, that's a team that's probably going to get an out. I mean, they're 33 in RPI right now, DBU is. Um, so they're very much, uh, yeah. in, you know, a healthy range for at-large. And Old Dominion's RPI is, uh, well, they're 47 now. But I mean, you still, that's a team you expect to be very much in the mix for an at-large bid. I mean, maybe there'll be a bubble. But, I mean, right now you have two series wins. Plus, Troy could also be in the mix, so maybe three. So, I mean, you've beaten yeah. uh, several teams that are going to be in the tournament on the weekend. Um, and, that's you know, that'll help you in the eyes of the committee, you would certainly think. So. Sure. Yeah, that, that's all I got on this week ahead, I guess. You, do we want yeah, to go can. Uh, yeah, we can do that real quick. Let me pull up. Uh... And if anyone has anything to, to add, feel free to – Hop in. Yeah, so Open mic. Yeah, so, um, so ULL swept uh, Marshall at Marshall. I actually got it wrong last week. Uh, they lost two out of three at a home against App State. I said they had taken two out of three home against App State. They didn't. They lost two out of three. But they did sweep uh, at Marshall uh, this weekend. Um, uh, JMU and Georgia State, you said that JMU, yeah, JMU uh, won that two out of three at home. Um, 
Arkansas State and Troy. But like Troy won that two out of three uh, at Jonesboro. Uh, but Arkansas State run ruled them today. Um, ULM and uh, App State. Uh, ULM won both of those games. Today's game was canceled in Boone uh, with weather. Um, and then let's see, because I think there were a couple series that ended yesterday. I think uh, Coastal took two out of three uh, at home against Georgia Southern, I believe it was. Um, right, okay, yes, that's right. And then the only series at uh, South Al and Troy or Texas State that was the series that ended uh, yesterday in South Alabama uh, took two out of three. They won the uh, the rubber match yesterday um, in ten innings. Uh, so right now, Sun Belt looks. I mean, I think you kind of look at three teams right now that would be in. Uh, but you have Troy and ULL kind of lurking, still very much in the mix. Texas State still has a shot to play themselves in. Um, so you have, I mean, I think anywhere from three to, I mean, I don't think you'd see the league get six, but I think you'd have six teams that or at least have a shot at, at an at large all right now, but, uh, looking ahead, uh, to next week, um, uh, let's see, we'll take a quick look at the, um, the midweeks real quick. Um, so kind of interesting, but, oh, Coastal goes to, uh, to Campbell in the midweek. So that'll be a really good game. Oh, this is uh, two yeah. o'clock on Tuesday for some reason, but. Um, those are two top 25 teams right there. Uh, ULO hosts uh, La Tech. App State hosts Wake Forest. So that's a big RPI game. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, ODU goes to ECU on Tuesday. So that's another big RPI uh, midweek game there. Um, and then on Wednesday, Georgia State going to Georgia Tech. Uh, ULM goes to La Tech. We uh, should say ULO goes to Southeastern. So that could be. Um, a decent series in this upcoming weekend. You have Arkansas State at Georgia State, uh, Coastal at ODU. So that'll be a big series uh, for the conference standings right there. Um, App State at Georgia Southern. Uh, yes. Coastal's at yeah. ODU. Uh, then you have App State at Georgia Southern, uh, South Al at ULM, Marshall at Texas State, and then Troy at ULL. Um, so yeah, Coastal and um, and ODU. Um, that'll be kind of in the series of the week this upcoming week in the league. So. Cool. Well, we will be back next week with your regularly scheduled programming. Um, I don't have anything else to Did add. Do you want to talk about the everything. Austin Crowley or Crowley, Austin Crowley news? Oh yeah. Um, I, I'm, I have to admit when I, when I see those really yeah. long posts, I probably should have read through all of it, but I, I mean, I got the gist of it. I know he's putting his name into the draft without signing an agent. And so he's retaining his eligibility but I heard some people say that it's whatever the post, what, uh, you know, the details of it sounded like he, I mean, did it sound to you like he was not, if he wasn't drafted, he's not coming back to Southern Miss. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't did, know. Did I mean, you pick that up? Rumors about, you know, transfers and I mean, certainly nothing far, any, nothing concrete or anything, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just have to see if um, what either, if he, you know, enters the draft or, and wants to go play internationally somewhere or, or, you know, if he wants to, uh, you know, grad transfer. And we kind of talked about, we didn't know if he, what his grad status was, if he hasn't graduated, then he would not be eligible uh, for an immediate, tra- immediate transfer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's obviously that's a huge piece of uh, next year's basketball puzzle. I mean, um, if you lose him, you're really gonna, you know, have to hit the portal harder than you already were. Um, 
so yeah, we'll yeah. we'll see how uh, that all uh, goes. Um, but yeah, I mean that's huge, huge basketball yeah. news. It is, and I mean just from looking it up, I didn't know beforehand, but the so the draft is the week after the the deadline for the portal for Division One basketball is May eleventh, and the draft is the week after that, and so he would have to. He would have to enter the portal before the draft, which to me would be – it would feel like to me he would have gone to the portal before announcing yeah. this. Uh, but obviously that could change. I, I don't know. But since the draft is after the portal deadline, that I don't know, it makes me feel a little bit better at least. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of times when these guys – you see the announcements and usually like it's they're entering the draft, but they're also entering the portal too, in case they don't get drafted. Yeah. So at least you didn't see that, but yeah, yeah. Man, it's just, I guess something to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks and our months and whenever that sure. deadline is. Uh, Cause you know, yeah, that is, um, you know, you know, your best returning, best returning, our best, I mean, he's the best player on the team this last year and you really want to have him yeah. back. Um, but yeah, that was all I had on that. Okay, cool. Well, we hope you all have a great Rest of your Easter weekend will be. Yeah, and this will be uh, up on the feed uh, probably tomorrow night. Well, this will be uh, is recording, so it'll be um, I think available for me to download and I can upload on the feed, and people go back and uh, listen to it. But you can also go back and listen to it just on this um, this recording. It'll be recorded. People can do it that way. But either way, you can go back and listen to this. Uh, people can so. Sweet. All right. Thanks, guys. Good deal. Thank you all.